Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Well, welcome, builders. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode. On this episode, I want to make you aware of the importance of team building, either as a leader or a contributing team member who wants to be recognized and appreciated as a valued member of the team. This is going to be effective team building and effective team members. So first I ask you, what is a team? A team is those who come together to achieve a common goal. There is an old African proverb that recognizes the importance of having a team. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. How true is that? You know, you can go fast when you don't have any hindrances of someone else's ideas and someone else's training. But if you want to go far, take other people with you. Whether you are the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or a solopreneur, You are involved in a team. Even in our families, we should seek to be team members working towards loving, valuing, and nurturing one another to achieve a common goal. We all know how a CEO needs a team, but how does a solopreneur need a team? A solopreneur needs a team of people willing to make referrals. They also need a relationship with their suppliers that is more than just transactional. They need to be relationship builders, even though they're working in appearance alone. As John Maxwell says, one is too small a number to achieve greatness. You see, no matter where we are in life, we all need a team of people to support us in our success. You may be an elderly person that requires a team to provide care for you. You too must recognize and appreciate the team and what they do for you. Write a thank you note to your family member, your doctor, your nurse, or your caregiver. These are your team members. Do you get the point? Who needs a team? Everyone needs a team. We all have to have those supporting us and working with us, no matter what stage we are in life. If you're just beginning a team, you have a clean slate to begin with. While this is both challenging for your creativity, but it also will allow you the opportunity to pick your team. Do you remember picking teams, playing sports as a young person? For basketball, did you pick the short, round guy like me? No, you were looking for a tall, thin, and agile. Sometimes, based on these stereotypical qualifications, you would get a good player. And other times, you might get a tall, clumsy, incompetent basketball player. So for your team, what qualifications are needed? What strengths do your team members need to supplement your blind spot or weak areas? For me, I need detail-oriented people to complete my visionary goals. You see, I lack the detail-orientedness, so I need others around me that have that as a skill. If you already have a team, you certainly need to ask some of the same questions. You may not be able to start from scratch, 
but you can make intentional efforts to recognize, develop, and appreciate your team. Are your team members working in their personality strengths? Sometimes people take the first job that is available, either out of necessity or they aren't aware of their personality traits and that their personality traits aren't in line with the role that they are entering. Sometimes employers take the first qualified person for the role. Would you prefer someone who is qualified or someone who is both qualified and competent? So you ask, Brian, how do I know if someone is both qualified and competent? I've been waiting on you to ask that question. Well, some roles are easy to fill. Can they walk and chew gum at the same time? Are they breathing? You know, these are those simple roles that don't require a whole lot of skill. But other roles require complex certifications and experience to fill. While qualifications and certifications are fairly easy to confirm, competency and personality traits are a little more complex and subjective. Trial and error is probably the most prevalent and yet most expensive way to verify competency. Usually when you realize that the trial is an error, you have to spend a lot of time and resources only to have to start over. References are another way to get some insight on how competent and qualified a candidate is. Skill assessments are also a good way. When it comes to personality traits, personality assessments are a widely accepted way to assess personality traits and styles. There are many different products and tools available for personality assessments. There's DISC, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, that's spelled E-N-N-E-G-R-A-M, Enneagram, Predictive Index, just to name a few. Since I am certified in DISC, I'll briefly discuss that. DISC is an acronym. D is for dominant or driving personality. This person is usually forceful and direct. They're usually strong-willed. I is for an influencing and inspiring personality. This person is optimistic, friendly, talkative. Sometimes they're the life of the party. S is for steady and stable, patient, loyal, practical. This is someone you can lean on and know they've got your back. C is for correct, compliant, precise, sensitive, analytic. This is going to be like your quality control types. This is going to be your precision machinist type. They want to get things accurate and do things in compliance. So you will typically have a dominant personality type. You'll have a high D or a high I or a high S or a high C. But you're actually a blend of all four. And that blend can be interpreted to another level of many different behavioral style blends. I intend to have a full episode on DISC, so stay tuned for that episode. I just wanted you to be aware of these tools and what they identify for use in team building. You know, I have very few strengths, but I do consider team building to be one of them. I am not boasting. Again, I only have a few strengths, but I do have a knack for seeing the potential in someone, and I love helping them to improve their skills and then find the right place for them on the team. I have been so successful that it's at times the team members I help develop are seen as highly desired employees by our clients 
and competitors. That is somewhat of a downside. It's always hard to see someone you help develop move on. But I always tell them that it's bittersweet in knowing that I have had influence in their success. You know, I love the old adage when a CFO is speaking to the CEO and he says, what happens if we train our people and they leave? And the CEO responds, what happens if we don't train them and they stay? You know, I'm willing to see team members go on to better themselves and work on the next candidate so that I can have a qualified and competent team. Hard to get to that mindset, but I've gotten there. As a matter of fact, as I am speaking to you on this podcast, I'm going through one of those transitions right now. So this is real to me. As a project management professional, I have the guide for project management. This is an excellent instructional tool for project management resource. I will cover a few. Acquiring a team, developing a team, managing a team. One thought in this guide is that you must be able to influence your team to manage it. This goes along with John Maxwell's frequently used quote, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. You may even be an influencer without a formal title. Other members of the team may be influenced by you. You can either be a positive leader with your influence or a negative leader with your influence. So be careful how you use your influence because you're leading them somewhere. We'll begin with acquiring a team. Again, this is for a new company or a new organization or a new project. You will need to recruit and acquire team members. Sometimes if you're starting a new project, those team members are already in your organization, but you've got to bring them on for this specific project. And you want them to want to work for you. You want them to want to be influenced by you. Another way to find team members on the outside is through face-to-face networking in your existing circles, inside your family. There might be someone they know that has the skill that you're looking for at church, at your chamber of commerce, in trade associating meetings, etc. These are all great places to have face-to-face networking opportunities and recruit the skill set that you need to be a team member. LinkedIn is a great social media, media tool to use for acquiring new team members. Remember, people want to work with and for people they like and trust. The next step is to develop the team. This is applicable for both, both new and existing teams. You need to not only develop or build yourself, you need to encourage your team members to further their personal and professional development through training and additional qualifications. Team members will become more confident in themselves and the team when they are growing. This is great for morale and expanding the competency of the team. Next is managing the team. I know the latest trend is to criticize managers and managing In fact, in my next podcast, I'm going to be discussing management versus leadership, the great debate, with a special guest, Carissa Gudenkoff. Carissa is a professional coach and leader with a diverse background in management. So please join us next week for that podcast. But back to managing the team. The team must be accountable to the mission. We need to measure our goals against the planned output. When we aren't achieving the desired results, that is an opportunity for coaching and consulting the team for ideas to improve. 
when we're on track and meeting our deliverables, we need to celebrate the team. Go team! Ask your team what they enjoy doing and reward them. Sprinkle in a little training or at least brainstorming to get some organizational benefit from the team building session. One of the tools that we offer at the John Maxwell team is the leadership game. This is a fun, interactive way to engage your team. It is a board game with playing cards that are randomly selected and it encourages thought to better the team and recognize the team members' individual strengths. It opens discussion for constructive communications and ideas for improvement. There are thousands of ways to have fun with team building at little or no cost, and the payoff is wonderful. I hope you have several takeaways from this lesson and understand you are a valued member of a team, whether that be as a leader, a frontline worker, a family member, a caregiver, or maybe you're all of the above. Teams are what makes big things happen. And you are awesome. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share and give us a rating. Remember, build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.